Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and we're back with part three about the different rendering techniques, particularly volume rendering and MIP. And in this uh, lecture, or part of the lecture, I'd like to discuss some of the sources of potential error and some of the advantages and disadvantages of each technique by showing you specific examples. So when you think about potential errors for 3D imaging, of course, we can speak about the errors in data acquisition. If the patient is poorly prepared for the study, if the injection timing is incorrect, obviously we'll have sources of error. There'll be sources of error if you misinterpret the data, but what I'm going to focus on are the errors that can be created by problems with post-processing. So let's look at some examples. Let's compare some of the information that's different between volume rendering and MIP. And here's a patient with an unusual syndrome, Lowy's Dietz. And what you notice, the carotids are really uh, tortuous. And this is a young patient, really ectatic vessels. But what I want you to look at here is the carotid arteries, the internal carotid at the base of the skull. You'll notice how you visualize base of the skull and carotids. That's volume rendering, yet the bone is in place. Well, no surprise, same set of data. You go to MIP, and what happens? You see that the vascular structures that overlap bone are not seen, and that's the classic thing about MIP, projection technique. So one thing to remember, if you're using MIP, unless you do grade editing, you're going to have problems because it's very easy to hide data. And in this case, you would have hidden the tortuosity of the carotid vessel. Again, should you know that? The answer is yes, but can that mistake happen? The absolute answer is yes. Another point regarding MIP and volume rendering. If I look at this MIP image and look at this volume rendered image and ask you the question, this potential renal donor, how many renal arteries there are, you would answer two for VRT and for MIP and be correct. If I asked you to look at the cortical medullary interface, obviously with volume rendering, because we are voxel-based, because we can display partial pixels, we're able to see the difference between cortex and medulla. And when you go to the MIP image, you can't see that. Everything is either black or white. Now, on the other hand, if you're looking very quickly at the branching vessels, they're very nicely shown on the MIP image. I can show you the same thing with volume rendering, but it can be harder to show as quickly. So, one advantage, volume, one potential advantage, MIP. Another case, same question. How many renal arteries? You answer the question, two renal arteries, whether you're doing MIP or you're doing volume rendering. But look at the same data set. I want to ask you a different question. I want to ask you, what about the renal veins? Well, if you look at the MIP image, the renal vein is retroaortic, and the volume rendered image, the renal vein is in a classic preaortic location. Obviously, this can't both be correct. What is the story? Well, here's the story. With volume rendering, again, you're looking at every voxel. It doesn't matter the density of structures as to their orientation. Volume rendering will always give you the correct spatial orientation. Same image, look at the patient's IMA, very clearly seen coming off the aorta. Well, when you look at the MIP, what happens? MIP projects the brightest structures closest to you. This is basically arterial phase, and so the aorta seems closest to me, and the vein seems posterior. What about the IMA? Well, you don't see the IMA because it's projected over the aorta. Things that are of the same density get lost. Things that are of different densities may not be in correct orientation just because of timing. And here's an arrow just pointing out those vessels to you very nicely. And I'll show you a second case, same history. Look at the MIP image. Again, it seems to be a retroaortic renal vein. The volume rendered image, classic location. 
very, very important to recognize. Now you can see this in many other cases. Since so much of 3D is used for surgical planning, orientation is critical. Volume rendering, look at the patient's splenic artery. It's tortuous, it's ectatic. You see it crossing the midline. You see the splenic artery separate from the patient's aorta. If you go to MIP, look how the crossing of the vessel is lost. Everything's the same density, so you lose the spatial orientation. You lose the relative uh, orientation of splenic artery to aorta in this example. So you can see the vessels are there, but you really can't tell where they are or where they're going. And this is very, very critical. Another example, look at the patient's gonadal vein. See the left gonadal vein is in front of the iliac artery on the volume rendered image. But in the MIP image, it's behind the iliac vessel. And that's simply because, again, it's arterial phase imaging. And again, it's very important to remember that. And here's the same sequence of images. Just think about the importance in terms of spatial resolution, of being able to localize where things are in space. Another example, here you would say that the patient's inferior renal artery on the left, and there's three renal arteries, is coming off the edge of the left common iliac vessel. Well, when you look at the 3D with volume rendering, you see it's really coming between the uh, left and right common iliacs, but it's more medially placed. And again, very classic definition of where those structures are and the potential confusion. If you were doing laparoscopic surgery, you might look for things in the wrong place. Now you could say, ah, anatomy, who cares? But let's look at a problem with interpretation, beyond anatomy, that is. Here's a patient's cirrhosis, small hepatoma, Look at the portal vein, portal vein thrombosis into SMV. But this thrombosis, which goes into SMV, is not totally occluding the vessel. It's partial thrombosis. So when I take it and put it in volume rendering, you very nicely see the extent of thrombus from SMV up to portal vein. But when you go to MIP, guess what happens? It's not totally thrombosed. So since it's a projection technique, guess what happens? you cured the portal vein thrombosis. So you can make a terrible mistake in diagnosis because the MIP will give you the wrong answer. So you wanna indeed be very careful. You don't believe that case? Here's another example. You see the portal vein, there's partial thrombus shown on the volume rendered image on your left. Image on your right, you don't appreciate the thrombus because it just looks like the vessel's making a turn. You see the extensive collaterals, the large varices from the esophagus and gastric fundus of the left gastric uh, vein, but you recognize that you would have missed that partial portal vein thrombosis, which is so obvious. Now, what can you do? Well, there's no doubt the larger the volume, the worse the issue. So here's an example of uh, these tubes, which represent vessels, and here's the MIP image. Everything's projected, there's six tubes, but where they are to each other, impossible to tell. Volume rendering, it's easy to tell where they are. What you can do is make the slab thinner, and that decreases the problem somewhat, but it's still an issue. And to make the slab so thin that it's not an issue, often you limit what useful information you can use or give to the referring physician because the slab is just way too small. Another potential issue is that when you're looking at this image, you look at the left lobe of liver, see a vascular mass, you're telling me a differential diagnosis already, hemangioma versus FNH versus hepatoma versus metastatic islet cell, but that is simply the 
heart. That's the left ventricle. But when I did the MIP image, I kind of took part of the heart with it. And you can see what a terrific error you can make. Again, we've created a lesion. So this makes the point that A, volumes are critical. MIP can be problematic. It also makes the point that we've said many times is you have to do the rendering yourself. If you thought that was a lesion, you would look at it in many other perspectives and you would be certain. In this case, you're not certain. You simply have the image and you can make a colossal mistake. Now, one of the other things to comment on about volume versus MIP, with volume, we can use different lighting models to really give that true 3D feeling. And you can see in this ectatic aorta with aneurysm, the neck of the aorta, the individual vessels, how nicely we can see everything. Uh, you really get a three good 3D spatial feel very nicely. Here's the MIP. You see the aneurysm, but you don't have that three-dimensional feel. It's a projection. You see extensive calcification. But again, comparing things side by side, there's so much more information in the volume. Now, in saying that, we look at MIP. I routinely will look at the MIP. It'll supplement the volume, but it's so much easier to look at the volume rendering and really understand the spatial relationships, particularly of vessels arising off the aorta. They're often impossible to tell where they arise if you simply looked at the MIP. And we saw similar examples before. I showed you this pulmonary AVM, how you can see the aorta and pulmonary artery in the AVM and volume rendering, and what happens when you go to MIP, how everything is sort of the same density, things are projected, and you're just not getting that visualization. So again, very, very important to recognize the advantages and disadvantages of every technique. Let's look at one other advantage of volume rendering, and that's soft tissue. We all recognize MIP is really black or white, typically used for vessels. If you want to see soft tissues, use MPR or use 3D volume rendering. Here's a patient with a comminuted tibial plateau fracture, soft tissue injury, air within the marrow cavity, vascular injury, soft tissue injury. Uh, you see it well. You see the plateau fractures. You see the tibial fractures. You see the soft tissue injury nicely in a sagittal view. But look how nice you can see it on the 3D rendering. So the 3D rendering, I'm showing you the opaque bone with the comminuted fractures, including distally. I'm showing you the popliteal artery, which is patent. I'm showing you the extensive soft tissue injury, which you can see very nicely here as well. So really what we're doing with the 3D imaging in many cases is literally just about doing a physical examination, being able to very nicely show this appearance. What I'll do then, we like to do these talks for roughly 10 minutes, so we'll stop here, and next time I'll pick it up discussing a bit more of the advantages of volume rendering, particularly looking at soft tissues, whether it's musculoskeletal, whether it's kidney, or whether it's the other vascular pathology. With that, I'll stop and wish you a good day and a happy podcast.